can, can we please stand up? I want us just take some time to pray uh, before we go into our teaching uh, this evening. And quickly open your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 37. Is it just me? This place is a bit warm. Is it me? Is the AC? Are the ACs working? Oh, really? It's cold. Oh, really? I think my metabolism is... <laughs> Praise God. Okay, Ezekiel 37. Isaac, yeah, thank you. God bless you. Um, we're going to read from verse 1. Clearly, um, this word that God gave to us, and uh, I spoke it on Sunday, uh, clearly is a word for practically everybody here. I believe that we are in our season of restoration. I think that only 50 of you believe this. I say, I believe that we're in our season of restoration. If that is you, you believe that you are in your season, that everything you have lost, time that you have lost, opportunities you have lost, uh, open doors that were shut that you were lost. Uh, come on, if that is you, shout, restore! Now hear me now. The hand of the Lord, verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and, and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Uh, then he, meaning God now, caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, the bones were very, very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> so I answered, O Lord God, you know. <laughs> Again, he said to me, verse 4, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you bones shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So verse 7, I prophesied as God has commanded me. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Somebody come, somebody come to the drums here. I need somebody to come, come on the keyboard. Like a bass There should be a noise here in the name of Jesus. And suddenly, there was a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Magaye baleba zelebru kazaya. Magaye balebro kezule bababa. Esakabu lebro kazaya mazaya. Hear me now. God brought the prophet into a cemetery. And that cemetery was a bad cemetery. All the dead bodies had rotted so much that the bones had even become very dry. And he said, will the lives that were here before, can they live again? I've come to say to somebody, it doesn't matter what your situation and circumstance is at this point how dry the bones of that situation is is our season of restoration 
God is about to restore. Somebody who has been going through a dry bone situation, lift up your voice this evening and shout restore. I want you this evening to focus on that area of your life that looks like a dry bone situation. You know, God called a man, he has made a prophet and said, son of man, he said, will these bones live? In other words, prophet, prophesy. Let me tell your neighbor, prophet, prophesy. But the prophet was afraid because the situation was very pathetic. The situation was very bad. And so he said, Lord, you know how long ago this thing don't die? Do you know how long ago this thing don't batter? Do you know how long ago this thing has spoiled? It don't spoil a long time ago. It don't spoil a long time ago. But God said to him, I thought you were a prophet. I thought you had made you a prophet. I thought your job is to speak forth. I want you to speak to that situation, that circumstance, that in the natural, it looks like it is over. It looks like it is over. But I want you to imagine that thing in your mind. Your finances, your marriage, that relationship, that opportunity you lost. And you said to it in the spirit, restore. You may need to move away from your neighbor because you may not want them to know what you're declaring. Begin to speak over that situation that you lost two years ago or even three years ago. It has become bone. It has become bones. Every bone situation, every dry bone situation concerning this house, concerning this church, concerning this ministry, concerning the men and the women of this church, Magale we declare you shall live again. We declare you shall live again. We declare restoration over our finances. We declare restoration over our homes, over our marriages. We declare restoration over every significant relationship, every job you lost, every contract you lost. Restore! Listen to me. Listen to me. When that scripture began, God took him in the spirit to a place where he saw lots of bones. But the original position of those bones, they were not bones. They were human beings. But they died and they became bones. Because of time, I didn't read to the end. But the Bible says at the end, they all stood up and became a mighty army. Whatever the original intention of God is for you, whatever original intention of God is for your household, whatever original intention of God is for this church, 
in the name that is above every name as we shout restore again Ekazalaba, a mighty army is about to arise a mighty force is about to arise a mighty blessing is about to arise a restoration to original purpose your glory is about to be restored come and shout hallelujah media can you show him show me Nahum Tutu I think it's Nahum Tutu quickly now Nahum Tutu Nahum Tutu Mekazuleba Nahum Nahum Tutu the book of Nahum chapter 2 verse 2 okay can we read together now want to go for the Lord will restore the excellence of Jacob like the excellence of Israel for the emptiers have emptied them out and ruined their vine branches now hear me the second part of this scripture is what has happened to so many of us. But the first part is what God says he will do. Where the emptiers have emptied us, where the emptiers have emptied you, the promise of Yahweh, the promise of Jehovah, is that God will restore your excellence in the name of Jesus. I said God will restore. Somebody lift up your voice this, uh, this evening. I said God you will restore wherever the enemy has taken from me where the enemy has stolen from me where i've been emptied out where your glory has been tampered with come on sabala brusa father in line with your word in naum tutu your word says where the emptiers have emptied us father in this season of restoration you will restore you will restore our glory you will restore our excellence the excellence of jacob the excellence of tog the excellence of a family here the excellence of a woman of a man of a household the excellence of a business restore our excellence restore our excellence restore our excellence restore my excellence take away the shame roll away the reproach restore hear me now as we're praying yesterday in the office i told the pastors i said you need to keep speaking this until you begin to see it happen in your life don't say i've prayed it on sunday i've prayed it now keep saying it keep speaking it the promise of God is that everything that you have been emptied out of God is about to restore it in a short while when I see you I will say how are you doing your excellency did you hear what I said now help me look around ahead of time just help me just two or three will say your excellency is about to come to pass your is about to pass is about to come to pass your excellency your excellency for he will restore for he will restore the excellency of jacob like he has restored the excellency of israel our brother brother Kalu, you know he he called me got in touch with me last night and he was so excited like you know lost his wife some years back and got married actually the wife in the midst of having a child the baby uh died um, not a very pleasant thing that happened some years back now. So he got married 
was it last year I got married? It was last year. And then he got quite busy. You know what I'm saying? Somebody say he got busy. Okay, if I, I remember seeing the wife on Sunday. Some of you remember during the second service. I saw her. She was fully loaded. I didn't even know that it was time. And we, you know, we made a, just made a joke about it. Uh, and you know, indeed, he said restore. But you know what? The wife gave birth to a very handsome, very handsome baby boy. Very handsome baby boy. Last night. And he said to me, Pastor, God truly has restored. I want to say to somebody here, before the end of this year, that will be your testimony. Everything that the enemy stole from you, God will restore. He will restore your excellency like the excellency of Israel. Keep speaking it. Keep declaring it. And we will testify like, like Kalu has testified in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please be seated this evening. Amen. Praise God. We're going to just quickly run into our, our assignment for this evening. I know a number of you are saying, Pastor, all of six weeks for this marriage thing. Ah, it's too long now. Praise God. But that's also why we're taking some time to pray, uh, you know, um, outside, as it were, of what we're teaching. Uh, praise God. But I know that the information that you're giving here, yeah, I mean, if you don't need it today, you're going to need it tomorrow. I can tell you that. And like we said last, last Wednesday, if your marriage is working, your life is already successful. I can tell you that. If your marriage is working the way God designed it, your life is already successful. And so once again, we'll be talking to singles. We'll have uh, um, uh, information here for singles and also for those who are married. And remember what we said, and we keep saying, uh, this message is not just to give us uh, knowledge and information, but it's supposed to um, uh, something we should apply so that it can transform our lives. The Word of God is not a suggestion. Um, it's not an opinion. It's, a, it's an instruction from God and is a commandment. So, as we hear God's word, may we do it them in, G in Jesus' name. Okay, and we're going to begin by reading scripture. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 uh, from verse 22 or from verse 21. If it's possible to show it media in the message Bible, um, Ephesians chapter 5, um, we'll read from verse uh, 21. If you can show it in the message Bible, MSG. If it's possible to show that, it'll be good. Ephesians chapter 5 from the message Bible. Okay. Out of respect for Christ, uh, be courteously reverent to one another. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Go to verse 22. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. So if you say you support Christ, then you should understand and support your husband. Verse 23. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. Okay, verse 24. So, just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. 25. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not by getting or taking. 26. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Isn't that powerful? Verse 27. Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. 28. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. 
they are really doing themselves a favor since they are already one in marriage. Father, once again, bless your word this evening. Let the entrance of your word, let it give light. Let it bring understanding to the simple. Let your word grow mightily this evening and let it prevail in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, we're going to just quickly just uh, run through uh, just the very last thoughts on, on submission and respect. We've done quite an extensive work on what love is in marriage and how um, a husband should love uh, the wife. And one of the things I said in closing last Wednesday is that, you know, many times when women hear submission or respect to the husband, it's a little bit frightening because uh, am I not supposed to be um, a doormat, you know, um, anything he says, I do it. He says jump, I say how high, is that what it is? But over and over, I, I've said to our church here that the requirement that God gives to the man is actually higher and harder than the one he gives to the woman. The requirement God has placed upon the man, the husband, is more. Because he says that the man should love the wife as Christ loves the church. And we said last Wednesday that the, the measurement of how Christ loved the church is a sacrificial love. Because what did he do? He died. So we're saying in essence, God is saying in essence, husband, you should die for your wife. And I'm sure you know what that means. You should die to your, to your wife. Meaning that, and so when it becomes a selfless, sacrificial love, when your wife actually, ideally, how this supposed to work, if your wife sees that you're like that, she should very easily submit to you. Hopefully, she will not take advantage of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that can happen. That can happen. So you don't take advantage of a man who loves you like that. Because then, God will not be happy with you. Because he's obeying God. So the fact that he's obeying God doesn't have to be, you know, he has become, in fact, there's a video I wanted to show you. Somebody sent me, sent it to me, but I didn't want to show it. About a man that was uh, breeding the wife's hair. I'm sure some of you have seen this. That elderly couple, the, you know, the man in their sitting room breeding her hair. She was making her hair, you know. Now, a woman who, who has a man such as that, don't say he's a woman rapper, so you just take him for granted. You should actually celebrate the fact that God has given you a gift. Can we appreciate the Lord? Praise God. Okay, so we'll quickly just go into um, submission. Um, now, we, we began to define it last Wednesday. Because of time, I'll just quickly, quickly, um, you know, um, uh, define what the Bible actually uh, says submission is. Okay? Um, now, it means to bring oneself under the control or leadership of another. Now, this is actually the Greek word. That's what it means, okay? We're not missing words now. If you check the word submission in the Greek, it actually means to bring oneself under uh, the control or leadership of another or to yield, or to yield. The key word there is yield. Somebody say yield. You, you know, it means to yield. To yield means to give way, okay? To say, no, okay, okay, okay. We're talking, we're talking, okay, no, okay. Okay, My husband, it's okay. Go, go. I submit to you. I yield to you. I yield to you. I'm sure, you know, well, it's not really so much here in our country. But if, if you drive in the U.S. or in the U.K., um, sometimes you're approaching a roundabout. You see a sign that says, yield to the traffic on the left. That means that once you're approaching that traffic, if a vehicle is coming on the left, what do you do? You yield. You let them pass first. So that's actually what this scripture means, to yield. 
So you, you're not constantly going back and forth. You say A, you say B, you say C, you say D, you say Y, you say Z. Something is wrong there. Okay? Now, this same word is the same word that is used for also submission to spiritual authority or to fathers or to mothers. To yield to them. To yield to them. But like I said, we're going to have to do that sometime uh, down the road or what actually uh, submission to spiritual authority is. It's actually a blessing. Okay? Now, but to bring it down to a place where we can swallow it. Because I know many people are still finding it difficult to swallow it. Okay? If we bring it down to a level where we can swallow it, another way of, of defining submission is this. And if you want to, uh, please write it down. And that's why I actually said we should read, um, we should read from uh, the Message Bible. Because I'm sure you kept on seeing the word leadership there. You kept on saying the word leadership. And that's actually the sense of the spirit of what God is saying to husbands and wives. Okay? It's actually in this sense. Okay? So, so um, submission is a voluntary decision. Now, wives, wives, husbands who are here, singles, please write this down. A voluntary decision to follow your husband's leadership. A voluntary decision to follow your husband's leadership. Now, what that means is that if he has to force you to follow him, if he has to force you, coerce you, threaten you, beat you to follow him, is no longer submission. It has to be something that is voluntarily done by you. And like we've heard, and we like we keep hearing. When you submit to your husband, you're actually submitting first to Christ. Because it's his word. You're submitting to God. So it's not even that, you know, strong-headed man you're submitting to. You're doing it as unto the Lord. Praise God. You say, Lord, you know it's because of you I submit. You won't say it to him. Oh. Is somebody here? You say, you won't say, if it's not be God there. But you know that's what you're going to do in your heart. Amen. Praise God. Now, another way to, uh, and this for, for many years, I mean, like, you know, we married for 22 years. Uh, but, but I remember when I did my premarital counseling, we did our premarital counseling uh, 22 years ago. I remember that I understood then uh, submission to mean this. And it has stayed with me for 22 years. It has stayed with me for 22 years. What is submission? An attitude of cooperation. An attitude of cooperation. Have you ever been working on something with people and everybody is cooperating to make that thing happen? Everybody in that team, everybody is cooperating to make that thing happen. So it should be in a marriage. It shouldn't be difficult for a wife to cooperate with the husband. And do it joyfully. But, he said, like I said, he said A, you say B. Everything that he says, you must, you must argue it. That's not the mind of God. An attitude of cooperation. And like we said, I believe two Wednesdays ago, we said something. We said love is actually an, an, an attitude. Did we say that? It's an attitude. It's a posture. It's a behavior. So will you say that wives who are here and singles who want to get married, you need to be able to adopt a posture that you cooperate with your husband. And like we said over and over again, this is also important. You are not in APC. He's not in PDP. Hello? You know, I watch a lot of um, American politics. I, I think I'm addicted to it. Now my wife is tired of me. I watch a lot of what's going on with the Democrats and, and Republicans. 
you know, just the fact that somebody is a Republican, you just must disagree with him. People now no longer even look at anything objectively. Once you are in the other party, anything you're saying is wrong. But you know, it shouldn't be so. So, your husband is not in PDP, you're not in APC. You're in the same party. So, there should be an attitude of what? Cooperation. And we said last Wednesday in closing, sisters, don't marry somebody you will not or cannot submit to. Don't marry singles. Don't marry a man. If you're finding it difficult to submit to him now, I please beg you in the name of God, leave him alone. Because he's going to expect you to submit to him. That's his expectation. So if you go into that marriage and you begin to be stubborn and rebellious, you should have left him alone. Let him go to the village and marry one Ada. Who will say? Nani. What, what should I bring for you? Nani. So they can live happily. Somebody say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. By the way, you know, well, I'm going to go ahead. You know that's what Sarah did? Bible records it. She kept on, the Bible says, kept on the what? Calling Abraham, Lord. And the Bible says, whose daughters you are? Whose daughters you are. So it's not just to say Abraham's blessings are mine. You are also Sarah's daughters. Tell your tell the lady around you say you're Sarah's daughters. Well. And so it says, it says, let not your adornment, let not your adornment be the outward gold, silver, slay them. He said, let it be the hidden beauty of what? Ladies, I said this to you, I think three two or three Wednesdays ago. You're most pretty when you are truly, truly submitted to your husband. If you're as fine as Cleopatra and you're stubborn, the man won't see that you're fine. Men, am I, am I telling you the truth? Men, men, uh, uh, Pilas, are you here today? If <laughs> You must give me offering today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. To be honest with you, a man won't see your beauty if you're stubborn as you're fine. But you can't be, nobody's ugly anymore. But if you're not pretty, but you, is there anybody ugly anymore? Yes. With the way of, they are, <laughs> like, say, Pastor, go on, go on, go on. But to be honest with you, no woman is, is uh, I won't even call the word anymore. Praise the Lord. But very importantly, singles, and I've said this to, um, let me also say this to men, if, if the lady you want to marry is not submitting to you now, let me give you Espo. Say, Pastor, give me Espo. You know what Espo is? You know I'm old now. Is, is it Espo they use now? Is it, is it the word Espo? Let me tell you this. If you think when you marry her, she will submit to you, you're a fool. I can tell you for free. See, the moment the ring enter like this, you see that stubbornness times 10. Because what is she don't look for? She don't get an outing. <laughs> divorce me now if you want divorce me. So, what I'll say to you about jokes apart, sort it out first too. Before you enter. Once you are not sure of it, like we say in law, avoid. Tell your neighbor avoid. Once in doubt, avoid. I can tell you over and over again, 
what we saw at the beginning do, and we do we've done prima, i mean counseling for so many people the things we saw at the beginning they are worse now is all practically all the situation we're dealing with is there at the beginning the person saw it but they say i will change her i will make her and make her now let's appreciate the lord okay now we also said last um, wednesday that the the position of the husband as head is both an office hear me now the position of the husband as head is both an office that god has placed him but is also a function meaning and we said that last wednesday don't just say i am the head yes you are the head but heads do things too is both an office but it carries a responsibility so you can't just be head for head for nothing and we're going to see a lot of that today as we look at the role of the man and the role of the woman i'll just quickly read this i'll just read this a wife shows submission to her husband please ladies hear this a wife shows submission to her husband when she allows him to take leadership in the relationship his position as leader is biblical we see it in, we see it in first corinthians chapter 11 verse, verse 3 Okay, his position as leader is biblical. Maybe they can show it. First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three. Okay, so it's not just that he's saying I'm the head; it's what God, where God has placed him. Okay, and we said just uh, just now, Abraham's wife Sarah is an example of a woman following her husband's lead, and we see that in First Peter three and six. First Peter three and six. Okay. When a woman submits to her husband, she's actually submitting to God. The woman, therefore, does not submit because her husband deserves it. Somebody say, ouch. So it's not conditional to he deserves it. It's what God says. Amen? It's what God says. So a woman, therefore, does not submit because her husband deserves it. Or because he has the merit. She submits because she knows that it is pleasing to God. She submits or gives him leadership because she knows it is pleasing to God. Now, there will be times when a woman needs to submit and her husband does not deserve it from a human perspective. And I know somebody will ask that question today. But by divine right, God sets the man as leader and a woman can trust that God is good. She can also, she can also know that nothing escapes God's notice. And a wicked man will be held accountable. So if the man is just wicked, God will hold him accountable. Praise God. Okay, more on love and respect. When a man feels disrespected, please hear this. When a man feels disrespected, he has a natural tendency to react or behave in ways that will feel like he's unloving to his wife. Now, we're looking at when a man doesn't get respect from the wife, there's a natural tendency for him to come to behave in a way that will show that he doesn't love the wife. Okay? Very many men will do that. Few who truly have the Holy Spirit will still continue to love the wife. Okay, now but hear this as well. When a wife feels unloved, she has also a natural tendency to react in ways that will feel disrespectful to her husband. So when a woman doesn't feel the husband loves her, she also will have a way of behaving to show she doesn't respect. So one way we can make sure that, you know, that doesn't happen is, come on now, uh, woman, submit to your husband. Husband, love your wife, and that will be okay. Praise God. 
Okay, let's just quickly go on to the role of the husband and wife in marriage. The role of the husband and the wife in marriage. Clearly, the husband and wife, they are a team. Somebody say they are a team. The Bible says, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined. And be joined. And be joined. Uh, for this a man shall leave his father and his mother and they shall be joined um, and, 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 um, and they shall become one flesh. Okay? So they become one. So they are a team. Okay, but like you know, in every team, uh, there will be roles, um, um, you know, for uh, the, the, the people who are part of the team. So there are roles for a husband and there are roles for the wife. Okay, so what exactly is the word role? What does it mean, a role? R-O-L-E. What's the definition of role? Now, this is uh, just regular English dictionary. And it says uh, the role of, um, what a role means, um, actions and activities, actions and activities assigned to, okay, Actions and activities assigned to, okay, required or expected from someone in a team or a group, okay? Actions and activities, a role is actions and activities assigned to, required or expected from someone in a group or a team. So what that means is that uh, for the husband and wife in the team, uh, their roles, are, um, we expect that there will be actions and activities that have been assigned to the husband, also assigned to the wife. Now we're going to, we may not use the word husband and wife, we may use the word man or we may use the word woman. And this one we're doing that is that it can also be as husband, it can also be as father. Uh, this can also be for as mother and also as wife, as mother, as wife, as husband, and then as father. Okay, so uh, just quickly again, we must do our best to fulfill our roles and duties as husband and wife we must do our best to fulfill our roles as husband and wife now one of the things i need to say quickly ahead of time is that society is changing so rapidly our society is changing very rapidly and is affecting everything okay uh, clearly the way our mothers uh, i mean rather the way um our great grandmothers related to our great-grandfathers are totally different from the way we are relating to our spouses now. Uh, um, with every passing day, uh, culture is being influenced. Even for people in church. Um, the role of a woman, maybe uh, some 60 years ago, and the role of a man, says, all of that is changing because um, life is changing. In fact, yesterday, Pastor Yaman and I were watching uh, somebody we know, um, a very big pastor you know, in this city, and their child, um, you know, was speaking somewhere, and uh, their child is a female, and of course their child was attacking uh, what, what the Bible defines as the role of the wife. Are we here today? The child was attacking what the Bible defines as roles. For example, you know, she's attacking, how can you say that the role of the woman is to be a mother? How can you say the role of the woman is to be a wife and be doing things in the kitchen? I mean, it's, it's amazing the things this person is saying. And like I said, uh, this person is a child of a very big pastor in this city. So clearly, uh, that is where we are today. If your children probably moved to the U.S. now and they stayed there for 20 years, uh, their definition of what a husband and wife should do will change. So we know that today, um, the institution of marriage is being attacked at many, many angles. But we're going to stay with what the Word of God says. Praise God. Okay, somebody say we stay with what the Word of God says. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Okay, so... Um, so during the last two decades our culture has redefined the meaning and responsibility of men and women not only in marriage but also in the wider society okay we're going to look at uh, we're going to begin to look at um, the man 
okay but let me first say this please write this down before we look at the role of the man or the role of the husband the roles are equal in value the roles are equal in value but they differ in function so so what it means um Bramiachi, is that what you do and what your wife does you won't say what i do is more important than what she does and we're going to hear that now because if you don't do what you're supposed to do there'll be problem in the, in the home but if she doesn't do what she's supposed to do guess what also so our roles are equal it's just that they, they are different they are different so let's let's see the role of the husband or the man the first and the most important role for the man are there any pillars here today if the men are here, say, say hallelujah. Okay, so give me your ears now, men. Okay, very quickly, the first and the most important role for the man or the husband is to be the leader. Leader. The leader of the home. The leader over the wife. The leader over the children. The leader of the home. Leader. Okay, you can put leader, stroke, or slash head. Okay, slash cover or covering. Okay. Leader stroke head stroke cover or covering. Now, this is the most important role of the man. And like we've said, so we don't keep uh, repeating it. We've said it over and over again. In the issue of saying submission, it is really a leadership position. God expects that you lead your home. The man should lead his home. The man should lead his home. You are the leader of your home. The God, and that's why when, when people have problems in marriage and they come to me, I'm, I'm harder, and most of you know, I'm harder usually on the man than the woman. 99% of the time, I'm harder on the man. Why do I do that? When the first marriage had a problem and God showed up in the garden, who did he call? Who did he call? He said, Adam, where are you? What's going on? And he made the biggest blunder. I said, the woman you gave to me. So God, God left him. And that's very significant. And God said to the woman, what about you? She said, the serpent. But the first person, if something going wrong in your marriage, the first person God will ask is the man. Just like if anything is going wrong in this church, I take responsibility. I can't say it's the elders. I can't say it's the pastor anymore. It's me. So, in your home, take responsibility. A leadership role. Somebody say hallelujah. Okay, now, you must understand that the word husband came from the old English word. It's actually two words. It came from the old English word. Two words. House band. Eventually, you know, those former funny, funny, you know, um, Anglo-Saxon words. Eventually, kept on changing till it is what it is now. It used to be house band, okay, or house bond, meaning that the word house is there. The man is the one who holds the house together. I want that to sink in. The husband, the man is the one who does what? You hold the house together. It's your primary role, not the wife. 
house band as the band 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 you know band like rubber band or bond to hold together in fact the old word used to be householder meaning it is the responsibility of the man to hold his house together that's where the word husband comes from can we appreciate the lord now talk to the man around you and say you they hear pastor so praise god praise god okay so so the man's primary role is to lead his home to lead his wife to lead his children number two number two because of time and it's a quick running now number two the man or the husband is a teacher the man and the husband is a teacher is a teacher to the wife is a teacher to the children and everyone in that household including um, relations house helps God expects that you as the husband you will teach them what is right that's your role we're going to talk about the wife later in this aspect but if you remember in in Genesis when God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah what reference did he make concerning Abraham can you remember he said he said shouldn't I tell Abraham what I'm about to do with Sodom and Gomorrah since I know that he will teach his household after my ways and for those of you who were in the first service on Sunday please get the message we said that the Jews are extremely religious but the responsibility to bring up the children the way of God rests squarely on the man not on the woman in a Jewish home in a Jewish home is the man that carries the responsibility to teach his wife and the children about God and like you're going to see later that's why the man is a priest of the house hear me uh, ladies please I even though some of you are married now, you can't reverse it anymore. You shouldn't marry a man ideally that you're, you're actually more spiritual than. He's the one who will show you the Bible, teach you the Bible. He's the priest of the home. So the man is a teacher. The husband is a teacher. So, so parents or husbands who are here, we carry a responsibility to bring up our children in the ways of God. Like you're going to say, don't leave it to your wife. God will hold you responsible for it. Number three. Now, by the way, most things we're going to say today, there are things we can teach in 40 minutes, each one. But we don't have that time. So I'm going to be rushing. Okay, but I'm hoping that some other time we're able to do justice to a lot of them. But please write down your questions uh, so that we can answer them later. Okay, now very importantly, the man is a provider. The husband is the provider. The husband is the provider. If you set out to go and ask a woman to marry you and to become your wife and to move into your home and to lose her son name, are we here? She stopped answering Onyamaidoko and became Onyamamonye. That privilege carries responsibility. Or else I should have just left her in her father's house. 
So if I brought her home and she's not my wife, my job is to provide for her. My job is to provide for her. If she lost her surname and took my surname, now he's Mr. and Mrs. Money. But let's see what the Bible says. Please get your questions ready. I know you have plenty. First, first Titus 5.8. How am I saying first Titus? Titus. <laughs> eh? First Timothy 5.8, sorry. I knew when I said that, I, knew, I just immediately said something wrong. Quickly. Well, the Bible actually says that a man who is not able to provide for his household is what? But if anyone does not what? Provide for is it his? Is it her that you see there? Is it his? Is it her? For what? His own. And especially for those of his household, he has what? Denied the faith and is what? Men, our primary role is to provide for our home. It's not only to provide for our home generally, our, primary, our role is to provide for our wives. There's no reason for your wife to be, you know, going outside to go and look for something when you're there. You should provide for your wife. You should provide for your children. Make sure they are fed. Make sure they go to school. Let me also just say this. And this has helped me over the years. I believe that God will never tell you to do something that he doesn't provide the grace for. Somebody say hallelujah. If God gives you a responsibility, how many of you know that he will release the grace for it? Once you accept that that's your role, God will make the grace available. There's no way you can kneel and say, Lord, you know I need to feed, from, feed my family. I need to send them to school that the grace will not be made. But when, once you begin to say, let my wife go and walk, let her go and do this, if you begin to shift the responsibility, guess what will happen? The grace will disappear. Number four. Like I said, these are things we could speak for a long time, but because of time, obviously it looks like I can't even do the one for the woman now. Okay, number four. The man is the protector. Now, for those of who are, who are uh, pillars, you know, we've done this many years back now. Uh, okay, we, we, we did priest, prophet, protector, all of that. But the man is the protector. Somebody say protector. Men, say protector. Okay. The, the role of the man in the home is to protect the home. The role of the man in the home is to protect the home. Even animals in the wild, the job of the male animal is to protect the females. Do you know that? The male lions are the ones that protect the pride. They just, they just, they just lie down lazily in one place. They are, they are, their wives and children are playing. Come near. They protect their own. Even some low animals, you know, they will mark their territory. They will, they will be pee around. Anybody, so any, any other one is coming, will smell the pee, say, ah, or God, they will. You know, I shared this joke some time ago. It's not like you're, the, you're in the house. Yeah, bah, 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 he said, my wife, go answer. <laughs> you run under the bed. <laughs> tell, tell them I'm not at home. <laughs> Praise God. 
I, I, I want to believe, now it's not written like that in the Bible. Because protection actually goes a whole lot more than just the physical safety of your family. By the way, I don't take that as a joke. My wife knows. There are rules I have in my house. Anywhere she goes, she has to come back at a particular time. She knows. In my house, you cannot come back at any time below a particular time. Because I say to her, if anything happens to you, who will your father ask? It's me. But like I was saying, where was Adam when the serpent was talking to Eve? Does anybody have an idea? Where was he? Eh? Brother, he, he was where he shouldn't be. Okay, any other person? Where, where was Adam when the serpent? Where was Adam? He went to hang out. <laughs> he said he was there. He was, was he deaf? Was he sleeping? He was with another woman. <laughs> that one is not in the Bible. Which other woman? Now? Was he with the lion? <laughs> the lion was his side cheek. <laughs> Praise God. But but seriously. Women are vulnerable. So we could see that from Eve. So men, our job is not an issue. You know, I tell my wife, it's not an issue of being jealous or envious. But you see, they are bad men. A man can wound your wife before she knows what she's doing. So part of your job is to protect her from herself. It's better for her to say you're jealous. Amen? It's good to say you're jealous. Because if you truly value her, you should be jealous. Amen? Should you be, should you be ashamed to say you're jealous? If you, if you don't value her, then anybody can take her now. But if it's truly, truly, truly... By the way, God himself is a jealous God. So if you truly value her, you see her doing something. Says, no, no, you can't do this, honey. I, I told you this, you know, I think one time I was teaching this. You know, you, you know, used to be somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. And a particular, you know, um, friend of mine, the wife, obviously the wife likes me a lot. Whether it's pure or not, I don't know. But, and the guy knew. The guy, in fact, told me, said, my wife likes you a lot. So every time he sees the wife coming close to me, see what he, for wherever he is, he will just quickly go, hold her hand. Uh, pastor, see you later. <laughs> Bye-bye, Pastor. <laughs> I know what? A wise man. A very wise man. Men, now come, can we say Hallelujah. So that's part of protection. It's not, it's not just only physical from harm. But so that protect her from herself. Also your children. So protection is a lot. So ladies say, my, your, your, your general, I'm not doing anything. It doesn't matter. Stop talking to him. Come on, can we shout hallelujah now? Number five. So, number one is your leader. Number two is teacher. Uh, number three is provider. Number four is protector. Okay. Um, then number five is priest. Okay. The husband is the priest of the home. So, ideally, he is the one that takes the family before God. 
is the man that takes the family. The husband takes the family before God. Is the man, for example, that takes the family, make sure they're in church, make sure uh, they read the Bible, make sure they pray and all of that. Is the primary, it shouldn't be your wife that should be doing, making sure, you know, they're reading the Bible, they're praying in your home. It should be your job. It should be the husband of the job, uh, the, uh, the job of the husband. It should be the husband that should make sure that the family goes to church. And you know, some of you know this uh, in, in this church. When, when there are issues many times, when, for example, uh, the husband, uh, you know, wants to go to a different church, the wife wants to go, I always, 90% of the time, say, follow your husband. I've done that separately. You can't, your husband can't be in a different church and you in a different church. Submit to your husband. You can't be hearing two different things. And I know sometimes that people that we have lost because, I mean, very good women, and I say, no, no, your place is with your husband. You can't be going to that church and you are here. It doesn't work. So follow your husband. Because he's the priest of the home. For example, you can't come home now. He's saying, my pastor said ABC. And then you come and say, Pastor I said ABC. So who, who should she, who, are, who, are, who is leader of the home? He's the man. Praise God. The man is a priest. Now number, number uh, what? Six. The man is the prophet. Somebody say prophet. The man is a prophet. What does that mean? You see, like what we just did at the beginning uh, today to just begin to speak and declare things uh, from Ezekiel 37. The man is the one who should be speaking things about his home, speaking things about his family. He's the one who should be speaking and prophesying things about his children. When my children are going to school, I tell my wife, it's my role to be able to, you know, Emmanuel Ephraim, I pray for them and I lay hands on them. And I said, you're the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Wherever you go, you're favored. I speak over their lives. I spoke with Emmanuel uh, uh, this, this afternoon or this morning. You know, and I prayed with him. When Ephraim came briefly uh, sometime last week, I prayed with him. I, I'm expecting that his outcome is because of what I'm doing, not because of what my wife is doing. In fact, I'm her prophet. Is somebody here? I'm her prophet. And so I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus. Aha. Somebody shout hallelujah. The man is the prophet of the home. Speaking into your home. Speaking into your household. It's not your wife's job to be prophesying to the house. If I to be honest with you, I mean, let, me, let, me, let me reveal a small secret now. <laughs> Typically when our children are going back to school over the years, you know, um, we'll pray together then somehow pray for them. And then, I just noticed that sometimes after I finish praying, my wife will come and meet them and be still praying. So I said to her, This is the last day you do it. She said, Ask her. I said, My prayer is not the last prayer. If you want to pray for them, pray, pray now. My prayer is the final one. What, what are you going to the palace to go and pray more? Stop it. Somebody say, Stop it. Pray now. If I want to say, Pray, pray. Have you finished praying? I'm doing the last one. Somebody shout hallelujah. Man, can we shout hallelujah? So, um, Uche, you are the prophet in your home. Speak over your wife. Declare over your baby. You see, as a man, I talk like this. It's my words. I said, Emmanuel, you cannot be short like your father. <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. I said, your limbs are growing. Your hands are growing. Your legs are growing. You'll be a tall child. And what I prophesied has come to pass. Men, let, let's say hallelujah. 
Okay. Number seven, I like this, but we can't because there are children here. <laughs> the man is the lover. After all, God commanded the man, he said, husband, what? Love your wives. Now God now give us that job. So you need to do what you need to do. Somebody say hallelujah. Anytime they see your wife, you should be smiling. Because you have done what you need to and have done it well. Minister, say hallelujah now. Make sure everybody is smiling. <laughs> Sister Neka is looking very shy. <laughs> Chile, why are you laughing now? <laughs> you are doing that one very well, Abby. Praise God. I, you know, Holy Spirit just reminded me of something. By the way, the, the one on protector, um, one of the things that we need to know is God has, has actually asked you to protect your wife, not to beat her. Your job is not to be smashing her face. Your job is to protect your wife. You say, Pastor, if your wife gets the kind of mouth where my wife gets uh, <laughs> your job is to protect your wife, not to beat her. Praise God. So, number seven is the man is a lover. You must express love in every way possible to your wife and to your children. Then, number eight, honor your wife honor your wife. The word honor there means to respect your wife. Treat her like your equal. Treat her like your equal. Well, we're going to go into, we're supposed to go into the woman's roles, but it is so important that I don't want to rush it. So I'm going to stop. Can we do that next Wednesday? Praise God. I don't want to rush it. It's very important. Okay, so we're going to take questions either from this or from what we did the last few weeks or anywhere at all um, concerning marriage or singles. I'm going to ask that Minister Charles, Minister Charles, please come, come and help us. Come, come. Let's appreciate Minister Charles as he comes. I hope he's here. Mr. Charles, where are you now? Where is he? Is he here? You better come. <laughs> okay. Okay, so anybody has a question, raise your hand. Um, it could be from this topic. It could be from last Wednesday's. And it could be from anything at all regarding marriage. Okay, so make sure uh, you have some questions. But let's let's first hear the one person whose hand is up. If you're not comfortable to, um, you know, to yeah, you can write it down. Yes, Charles, come over here now. Okay, good yes. Evening, Pastor. Thank um, you. You said the man is the provider. Yes. So if he's the provi provider, should the woman bring like money to the house funds, or should that be? Should she contribute financially? The, the man is the primary. Okay. The man is the primary provider. Okay. Okay. The man is the primary provider. Okay. Like one of the things we're going to do when we look at the roles of the woman is, for example, when there's love in a home, hear me. The, the, the important word there is love. When there's love in a home, for example, if you know how much money your husband makes, okay, and you work as well. And now there are bills to pay, or your children are now beginning to go to university or go, and the bills are now obviously a whole lot more than he can take himself. So you can decide, for example, that okay, you work, so maybe you can take care of housekeeping. 
yeah i'll take care of this i'll take care of this i'll take care of that you understand that okay but it, it needs to be something it needs to be something that both of you will need to sit down and talk about okay but is the primary role of the man to provide for his home yes sir Charles, you want to uh, is that okay 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 by the way listen to me why um why i'm bringing charles by the way i mean they've done an incredible job in bringing raising families in our church can we appreciate god for them okay and we also want to make sure because they are the ones who teach the people get married so make sure that we're speaking the same thing okay um so so Mr. Charles, you want to say something about that yes one of the other things we also teach is um the bible says two become one so you, you must become not just one in physically become one spiritually become one in your in your heart and also become one in your finances um miles monroe said um you cannot separate the egg that's um, that you used to make omelet the same way you shouldn't be able to separate your money you shouldn't be able to de decide whether this money is for this person or this money is for this person you really that's the that's the the mindset that's the uh, the mindset of love you understand but the man is the primary pro pro um, provider sir we were sharing something at the back um, if Paul is writing to the church in Abuja of nowadays um, anecdotal evidence show that women are achievers in Abuja women are, are doing well more than men is it only just it's not just Abuja I think generally just, I mean let I said anecdotal because we're not sure yeah. there is no um, research done yeah. if Paul is writing to a church to church in Abuja right now if Paul will be saying to the women, women that are doing well, don't be independent. Also contribute to the house, even though the I mean the man is the provider. Praise God, Lord. Well, Paul that I know may actually say, "Woman, carry all the money and give to your husband." I'm sure that's what Paul will actually say. Submit to your husband in all things. So, I mean, I know I know women who actually. Uh, some women in this church who actually, when they receive their salary, they remove tight. They take all the money. And give to your husband and say, husband, whatever you want to do. I know I know people who have done that here and probably are still doing it. Okay. But but see what will happen. Um, when we teach, you see, if I thought on the roles of the woman, it will have given us a more balanced so we can we can able we can ask that question properly. But anything I want to say now, it will affect teaching on on also the role of the woman. Okay, so so just still um, hold tight. Uh, we'll give more light next Wednesday by His grace. Okay, any anybody else? Yes, yes, sir. Hallelujah. Yes, when we got married, uh, we had a pact. Okay. That we are going to combine our resources. Okay. And uh, at, after like five years, I stopped working, okay. and then I was going to some uh, investment. And then shortly, my wife. You, you were going through some what? Some investment, very good investment. Okay. And she's aware. Okay. But then shortly, her office, within two, three years, her office is very good. She provides everything. And she's aware of my investment. And I'm happy when you mentioned that the husband is the primary production uh, provider. provider. Yeah. At least bulk of the money for bigger investment comes through me. Okay. So is it that like two years, she's there bringing money every day? Is it that I'm. Um, I am handicapped. <laughs> okay, uh, you, you began well by saying that. And one of the things, one of the fundamental things we need to always establish, especially for singles, is decide before you get married how you want to run your home. We, we, we normally would teach that. Okay, decide. 
For example, you can decide we're going to have a joint account. We don't insist on it in our church. But do you feel comfortable in having a joint account? Do we have um, independent accounts and then still have a joint account where we can put in X amount of money for so and so? All of those things are the things that you decide hopefully before you get married. It helps a lot to be able to know this what you know. Now, my brother, before you decided to, I don't, did you lose your job or you said you lost your job? You resigned. Now, what I normally also say to men in our church is, for example, before you resigned, you need to say to your wife, I'm going to resign. So she says, so how are we going to be managing? So, so you can't just wake up and just say, I've resigned. Honey, guess what? I just resigned today. You can't do that. You, you, you can't do that. Okay? Especially when you know that, for example, if you're the one that's been providing, so it has to be a decision that both of you will need to agree on. And then, obviously, if you have agreed on it, then she will not say, okay, so I can help, but hopefully she's going to have to help for a determined period of time. You can't just leave it open-ended. I say, you know I'm doing investment. Supposing the investment knock, like some will knock, okay? You understand what I'm saying? And let me be honest with you, part of the reason um, why I actually think that God designed it for the man to be the primary provider is there's nothing a woman, I mean, you, you, if you don't provide for your wife, it's going to be very difficult for her to respect you. If you're not the one providing, paying the bills, it's going to be difficult. See, even the holiest sister, after a while, her, her face will, you know, women are very, her face will change. Honey, why are you frowning now? Now, one reason, no, no other reason. So, so the truth is, but like I said, the, the, the foundational thing is that you must work in agreement with her. Okay, if she's doing well, but then she must also agree to this thing you're doing and she says, okay. But like I said, I wish also the investment. The investment, is it going to be a long yield or short yield? Will it, are you waiting for the thing to come in 10 years? How long will the investment finish? Compared to our expenses, no, no, like, no, no. When, yeah, are you I mean, getting are you getting immediate yield? No, no, or? it comes, but not like the way salary is consistent before. Now, mm. now this investment comes once in a while, three months, four months, and it comes. But, but can I ask you a question? Uh, so, while you're waiting for that investment, what are you doing at home? So I'm, I'm you, busy twenty four hours, sir. On that investment, yes, sir. Uh, because if it's an investment, it may not be something that you're physically working. That means you can still go and look for a job while your investment is working for you. Yes, sir. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's not something to discuss here. It's as long law. as it doesn't make you lazy. By the grace of God, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I don't want to ask, is your wife here? Because I can ask her, is she happy? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But in, importantly, is that both of you must be in agreement on that matter. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. Mm. In a situation where the woman has always been submissive and respectful, mm. but the man doesn't love and appreciate her, and doesn't love her like Christ does, what should the woman do? <laughs> she, she should do her part and continue. <laughs> Please read it again. In a situation where the woman has always been submissive and respectful, but the man doesn't love and appreciate her, and doesn't love her like Christ does, what should the woman do? You know, the truth is that, you know, when we ask questions like this, you know, as a lawyer, I want some clarifications 
there are so many other questions inside that question now. First, you have said he doesn't love you the way Christ. I need to ask some questions. And then maybe what you think is submission may not be submission to him. So all we can say, like Mr. Charles began to say, is you do your part. You do your part. Keep doing your part. But we're, we're also not unmindful of the fact that there will be, in spite of everything we're teaching now, we're human beings, we make mistakes. You know, so sometimes you may require counseling. Okay, so we can also just say by answering one sentence answer, it solves all problems. In some cases, you may need to come for counseling. Okay, but please hear this. I always say this. I always say that because God will hold me accountable for my own, what I'm supposed to do. If I'm supposed to love my wife, I'm supposed to do it. God will hold her accountable for her to submit to me. So do your own. But if you're becoming quite a problem, then if it's possible, come for counseling. If the man is going to a place of worship that have clearly unbiblical doctrines, what should the woman do, especially if they were in the same place of worship before? I kind of know who sent that question. <laughs> I think I know who sent that question. That's actually a very difficult one. Um, but, but that's why usually we, we normally say that everything is foundational from the beginning. Somehow, somehow, if you were going to marry a guy, you will see, you will, you will know certain things about that person. If that person had a walk with God, I'm talking about a pure, clear walk with God. You know that kind of person will not suddenly wake up and start going to a white garment church. So some of those things are there at the beginning. And like I always say, these problems become more difficult to deal with when they manifest in the marriage. So singles, now, because now you're not married, look out for those things. Because they're there. A man who eventually stop coming to church, you will see it from the beginning. A man who would suddenly decide, I'm going back to Catholic church, you will see it from the beginning. There are certain people who are carrying certain convictions, they walk, their work with God, is, is, I mean, it's irrefutable. You know that certain, like me now, she knows that there's no way I can go to Lumbo Lumba. It, it will never happen. Because she knew my work with God. But if you have made that compromise at the beginning because you want to get married, the truth is that some of these things will eventually manifest in the marriage. Now, I would say this. Um, clearly, if it's obviously a church that is, I mean, there are all kinds of churches today now. Now, remember that both of you are supposed to be equal in a sense. So you need to sit down and talk about it. My husband, why, why are you going to this church now? Talk to me about this church. And maybe if, if, I, were, if I were you, I'll probably just go with him once or twice so that you are able to talk when he talks about the church. I mean, you're not a slave. Neither are you a servant. You're his wife. So you went to the service. I said, try and explain what's going on here. They don't teach the Bible. This and this and this. And, and if he's honest and true to himself, he will know that whatever you bring up then, he, if he's not able to defend it, you can say, it's going to be difficult for me to take our children to go with you to that church. But I, and I know that most of the time, when men do that, they... Some of those churches, the men actually don't want to drag the wife and children there. They know where they're going there. 
There are some of these churches where the men know that they are not teaching them the word of God. Maybe it's a prophet, it's prophecy they are giving. And he knows that the wife will not grow there. So he'll probably leave the wife where they, are, where they are being fed the word of God and the children and go there. In most cases, they will not insist. But the challenge now is that you cannot force him to come back to the church where you are. But, but just to show that you're not in rebellion, you can, you can go with him there once or twice. But singles, please, these are things you should watch out for before you get married. The signs, are defined, the signs will be there. A lot of times, we marry people who know that down the road, they will probably will stop going to church. So watch out for it. Anyone? Okay, there, there, are, there are more questions, but uh, because uh, they are connected to looking at the role of the wife, please make sure you're here next Wednesday because it will totally surprise you how God looks at the wife. It's amazing. But the very first thing we're going to look at next Wednesday will shock you how God looks at the wife. <laughs> if you know the meaning of the word help meet, I think I've taught it here some years ago. The meaning of that word help meet. It's amazing. God has placed so much on the woman. Let's appreciate it. Let us stand up and pray. Hallelujah. Praise God.